Praise the name of the Lord for his goodness, his kindness. Please believe that the Lord is good. It may be bad. You may feel bad. You may not like it. You may be sad this morning, but know that God is good. You know why I know? You're here. You're here. The traffic might have tried to get in the way, but you're here. Somebody tried to, to, to take advantage, but you are. You're here. So God is, is good. That's not my sermon, but I, I like to talk about the goodness of the Lord a lot of times. Outliers, don't be regular. That is the new series we are kicking off. I was talking to Pastor Sam, and uh, we were talking about something, and I mentioned to him a passage I was thinking about. He said, hey, that's outliers. I said, hey, I like that idea. Let's preach on it. And so after discussing, we, we, we thought maybe we're going to go at this for about one year. You know what I mean? Preach on this about a year. And then after we feel like you're tired, then we're going to stop. You know what I mean? No, don't, don't worry. We, we, we're going to uh, try to preach this until we think that you have heard it. And uh, we hope that God is going to bless you. And I want you just to run with me to Second Chronicles and verse number 24 and verses 15 to 16. Please stand with me for the reading of the scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 24 verses number 15 to 16. Please stand with me as we read God's word together this morning. You ask me, Pastor, why do we stand to read the word? We just want to give God's word respect. Uh, because when we stand up, it means we are ready and at attention, ready to hear what God has to say. Can I read? Can I read? All right, let us read. This is what it says. But Jehoiada grew old and full of days and died. In case you don't know, let me let you know. If Jesus doesn't come, you're going to die. The key question is, how are you going to die? The Bible says he died full of days. In other words, he died a good death. There's such a thing as a good death. And he was 130 years old at his death. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel and toward God and his house. If you want to work with the title for this message, the man buried among kings. The man buried among kings. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Do something mighty in this place. Somebody needs to hear you. And I pray they may hear you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is the tomb or the gravesite of the first president of Indonesia, Sukarno. The reason why... Sukarno has a burial place in Blitar, East Java, is because he was one of the manufacturers of Indonesian independence, Sister Lydia. 
In other words, he, he realized that Indonesia should be free from Dutch occupation and he, he mustered up people to, to, to fight, to, to, to stand up, to, 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 to do something. And sometimes that's what you got to do if you want to change the situation in your life. You've got to stand up. You've got to fight. And in honor of Sukarno's fight, the nation said, wait a minute, he deserves a grave site so that we can, we can remember him. He, he was that special. He, he was that important. You see, our text this morning presents to us a very unique situation. And the unique situation is that a priest is buried among kings. A priest is buried among kings. You, you don't hear that often. That regular people are buried with the Queen of England. I mean, if I died, <laughs> you probably bury me in some jungle somewhere. I'm not important. But this man in the text, Jehoiada by name, is buried among, among kings. What I'm trying to tell you is that Jehoiada... Pastor Sam was an outlier. Everybody say outlier. Okay, you're, you're awake, you're here with me. Praise the Lord for that. You're not hungry yet. Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Outliers, the Story of Success, gives us two definitions of an outlier. The first one is a statistical observation that is markedly different in value from the others of the sample. To me, this is too scientific, it's too mathematical, I don't really like it, but I like this one. Something situated away or classed differently from a main body or related body. So, so let, let me make that plain for you. A, a, an African man from Malawi to be preaching to you this morning is an outlier. For a Gojek driver to follow traffic rules in Jakarta streets, that's an outlier. For an Indonesian not to eat food without sambal, that is an outlier. In other words, an outlier is different. It is strange. He's not or she's not afraid to sound different. And in case you, you thought, um... I'm not talking about you. Please understand that God yearns for an outlier in you. Brother Johan, God yearns an outlier in you. God has called you to walk by faith and not by sight. God has called you to give the other cheek when I've slapped the other cheek. God has called you to love one another even though it is hard. God has called you to overcome temptation because there hath no temptation taken you but such is common to man. God has called you to give because it's more blessed to give than to receive. God has called you to be in this world but out of this world. I want somebody to understand it this morning that God yearns for an outlier in you. But too many of us, instead of being our liars, we are lying on our faith. We don't want to give. We don't want to serve. We don't want to love when it's hard. We walk by sight, not by faith. Pastor, I'm going to invest the money 
when I have enough money in my bank account. But sometimes God will say, you don't have the money I know. You may have only for the month. But take that and invest it in my kingdom and let me see what I can do for you. God tells us love him or her even though she hasn't called you uh, this morning. Even though she has spoken badly against you, you. You say no. Until they make it right. Until they respect me. That's when I'm going to love them. But God is saying no. You're lying on your faith. So God is yearning in an outlier in you. And I want to talk about Jehoiada this morning because he's an outlier. He's not famous like a Jeremiah, he's not famous like uh, Joshua. He's not a famous uh, like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's, he's not one of those characters, Brother Sutarsa, that gets this, this spotlight. In fact, perhaps many of you are listening and hearing Jehoiada's name for the first time today. But here's what I need you to understand. Even though many of us may not know Jehoiada, but Jehoiada is in the scriptures. In other words, there is a receipt on his life. And here it is for somebody. God knows your name even if others don't know your name. We may not talk about Jehoiada, but that doesn't matter Jehoiada. We may not preach about him. I'm preaching about him today. But God knows Jehoiada. And some of us, we're looking for recognition. We're looking for recommendation. We're looking for a connection. We want to be known. We want to be heard. But I came to tell you that it doesn't matter who knows you as long as God knows you. People may not know your brand. People may not know your characteristics. People may not know what you bring to the table. But I'm glad this morning that we serve a God who knows me from the cradle to the grave. He knows me on my worst days. He knows me on my bad days. He knows me when I got no money. He knows me when my faith is failing. He knows me when my family is giving me problems. He knows me when things are bad. He never forgets me. So, brother and sister, I'm glad that this brother Jehoiada is here because I want you to understand that you're going to be an outlier even if you're not known. Jehoiada worked as a priest. Whenever somebody gossiped, whenever they cheated, whenever they, they you know, did what was not supposed to be done, they would take Sister Nina a lamb and bring it to Jehoiada. And when they brought the lamb to Jehoiada, Jehoiada would have a basin. You guys know what a basin is, right? A basin or a pan or a bowl. He would have it in his hand. And the sinner, the one who has offended the will of God, would put his hands on the animal. And once the hand has been put on the animal, Jehoiada will take a knife and slice the, 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 the animal. And the blood would be collected and he would take the blood that has been collected and he would sprinkle it in the temple. And the moment that happened, it showed that the person has been forgiven of sin. In other words, hear me. Jehoiada was rehearsing the sacrifice of Jesus. He was, watch this, I hope you picked it up. He, he was doing a, an essential service. In the pandemic, some of the non-essential services were shut off, but some essential services had to carry on. Uh, Jehoiada did a job like that. 
It was an essential service because, Pastor Sam, sinners will always be sinning. Whether it's a pandemic or not a pandemic, sinners are always there. So Jehoiada's job, listen to me carefully, was an essential service. It was an important job. And this is what Jehoiada was doing as a priest. Sister, Sister Revy is shaking her head like, yeah, Pastor, I'm with you. I like that. I hope you're with me this morning. You, you see, one of the perks of being a priest... <laughs> Is that when somebody sacrificed their animal, you as a priest had the privilege and the right to cut off the thigh of the animal and then take it home to your family. So, so in other words, Jehoiada was in a stable job. He was in a secure job. He was in a job that he never had to worry about how he was going to feed his family. He didn't have to worry about Mrs. Jehoiada wondering, honey, where is the money going to come from? Because we need some makan. We need some dugging up in here. No, every time Jehoiada walked in the house, he brought some meat. He brought some food. He was a man who provided for his family. Life was good. And I know that somebody today is seeking for security. You want stability. You want to know that the money is going to come in. You want to know that you, not, you won't lose your job. I want you to know that Jehoiada was in a position like that. He never had to worry about himself. He never had to worry about his, 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 his life, his, his family. And somebody today is dreaming. Is dreaming to be regular. Somebody today is dreaming to be certified. Somebody is dreaming. Somebody is dreaming for full-time employment. You've been in an entry level for two years. And you're like, I want the security of a full-time full job. That when I go to work, I don't have to worry whether I'm going to get fired or not. Because, you see, brother and sister, we hate insecurity. Uh, women are here. I don't know if this is true, sisters. You can confirm or, or not confirm. But security is more important to you than love. Is that true? No? Mm? Okay. <clears throat> mm. All right. So I'm, I'm going to try this again. And maybe let me ask the men this time. Men, is it true that women value security more than love? See, the men say yes. Ladies, where are you at? Because I've been told and I've read books that... A woman values security. She, she wants to know that she has a place to live. She wants to know that money's going to come in at the end of the bag. She knows, she wants to know that she can trust this man. Security is important. And please believe, men also like security. They, they want to know that when they get home, they'll be there, their wife is going to be at home. They want to know that if they got friends, friends are going to back them up. Men want loyalty. So security is something that we're seeking for. And one of the things that was very difficult for us in the pandemic is because it was insecure. When we saw each other, we were like a security threat. When I, when I saw people, I said, hey, hey, brother, how are you? You're good? All right, nice. Jaga jarak, you know. Sometimes you go into homes and before you get in there, they spray you with, you know what I mean? Because security is important. And I know that you and I, we're also looking for security. We want stability. 
And this man, Jehoiada, had that. And, and what I'm, I want somebody to understand this particular morning is that security is not a bad thing. But just like internet connectivity brings malware, brings viruses, please understand that security has certain risks involved. The, the hunt for stability has certain risks involved because some of us will desire security so much that we're going to put aside faith. We desire security so much that God becomes, uh, uh, becomes option number two, three, or four. Some of us, all we care about is to have the job. It doesn't matter the impact on my faith. Some of us, all we care about is to be in the relationship. I want my status to change. I want to be engaged. I want to get married. So this is the guy. This is the woman. I'm going to do it anyway. But please understand one thing is that when security comes at the cost of your faith, that is insecurity. Oh, sister Charmaine is the only one getting this. So man, I'm going to preach to you, my sister. <laughs> when security comes at the cost of your faith, that is insecurity. Okay, Pastor Samuel, the only one here. <laughs> All right. And here's what I need somebody to know. Had Jehoiada been comfortable and content in a secure job, we would know his name. Because Jehoiada lived in a damaged system. He lived in an environment that was not good. Let me paint the picture for you. Ahaziah the king dies. And the text says when he dies, there is no one capable and able to rule. So get this in verse number 10. Now Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead. She arose and destroyed all the royal family of the house of Judah. Athaliah committed regicide. What is regicide, pastor? That is when you kill all your political opponents. And Athaliah... Her political opponents were her own grandkids. She killed the sons and daughters of her son to be on the throne. Doesn't that shock you? A grandmother, a grandfather is supposed to protect her grandkids and take care of their grandkids. But this woman, Athalia, is killing her own grandkids. You know why? Because she wants power. She wants position. She wants prestige. And God knows that some of us will do whatever it takes to get it. Athalia, for you to understand her a little bit better, she was the, the daughter of Jezebel. She was the daughter of Jezebel. And you know Jezebel is, is, was a bad woman. So Atalia is only doing the family business. Because understand that sin travels. I need you to understand that some of the sins you commit, some of the sins that you do are not your sins. They have been handed down to you. They are part of your family legacy. And Atalia was only continuing the family legacy. Living a life of killing anybody who would get in the way. Living a life to totally destroy lives. And that's what she's doing right here. So some of us, when we, when we cheat, it's not because we, it's in us, but it's been handed down. From grandfather to father, uncle, and then you. I had a... When, when I went home in 2019, I had um, uh, an auntie of mine tell me, y you know, Henry, 
Because she was complaining to me about, about my uncle. My uncle, my uncle is in South Africa. He hasn't been back home for 10 years. He doesn't call his kids. When they call, he, he doesn't pick up the phone. So my auntie was complaining to me. We, we were talking. I said, hey, auntie, where's uncle? Uncle, is that like my, my, my real uncle? He says, well, Henry, I'm not surprised because that is the, that is the Tembo character. Now, listen to me. At that particular moment, I've never felt so offended, but sorry at the same time. And I said to myself, that's not going to be the temple legacy with me. I'm not going to go away 10 years and I come back to my family. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to continue the legacy. But unfortunately, some of us, we are continuing the legacies that our parents have, 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 have given to us or our grandparents. And the things that we're doing is not because of us, but we have not taken the decision to say, you know what? It's going to stop with me. The drinking is going to stop with me. The cheating is going to stop with me. The unfaithfulness is going to stop with me. The, 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 the ignorance is going to stop with me. Today, no, no, no. Health is going to stop with me. Being financially responsible is going to start with me. And here... In the house of Ahaziah, in the house of Athaliah, we have a legacy of sin. And the question is, what is the legacy you are living today? So here it is. Jehoiada must contend. And what I'm trying to help you to understand is that he was in a damaged system. And in Indonesia, we have a system. The system is owner, agent, Customer, if you want to get an apartment, you have to go through the system. Are we together? If you want to go to immigration, you have to go through the system. If, if you want to start something, you have to go through this system. This is a system here. But sometimes these systems do not always work. And I fell in a situation in which uh, money was transferred to the agent thinking that I paid for my rent. But then the agent ended up taking the money and running away with the money. And then the owner says to me, you got to pay up again. I've never felt taken advantage of in my life. It was the first time. And I remember uh, uh, thinking about this and I said, wow, this is really real. And the reason is, watch this, the reason is I trusted the agent because two times before he sent the invoice, the money was sent. I didn't think that this would be a problem this time. But this third time, the agent decided to take me for a fool. And there I sat in myself. I said, well, that's a system, but it's a broken system. That is a system, but it does not always work. And I need somebody to understand this today, that all of us sometimes can get into systems in situations that sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. But you and I should not be discouraged that it doesn't work we should not be we should not lose our motivation that it's not happening but we should find a way to work the system even if the system is not working on our advantage <laughs> so dealing with this situation what I have now learned is this anytime that I'm going to deal with an agent I'm going to ask for paperwork where do you work are you registered give me your carte pay give me everything in fact send me the stuff so I have become smarter by dealing with an, a broken system. And I need somebody to understand that outliers 
do not wait for things to be perfect, but they find a way to work the system so that it can work to their advantage. You're in a bad job, I get it, but find a way to work it. The family doesn't get along, I get it. Find a way to make them get along. People in your family don't believe in health, it don't matter. You find a way to make it happen. Do something. So outliers don't wait. But what they do is that they do something with what they have. And the question I have for somebody this morning is what do you have that you can use to benefit somebody to make a situation better? To change the situation so that it is better. And Jehoiada was in a broken system. But I want you to understand that, that Jehoiada, what he did is he found that even though it's a broken system. Even though Atalia is killing people. But yet, there was something that he could work with. In other words, whatever is broken. Whatever doesn't work. You can find working parts. Okay. Listen to this. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were about to be put to death. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom. This is good news. Because even though Atalia is killing people, there was still somebody in the kingdom who, who thought life can be preserved. There was still somebody in the system who said, you know what? I know the king is the queen is powerful, but I'm going to save a life. I know that things don't operate well here, but I'm going to still do something to make things change. And some of us, all we look at is the bad things. The government is corrupt. My family doesn't listen to me. My health, oh, it's failing. But my question is, is there something in your system, in your situation that is working? Because I believe that you're going to always find something working. Some people said, Pastor, I'm going, I cannot wait for us to get back to church. I'm tired of worshiping at home. I get sleepy. But I said to them, my brother, you got to thank God that we have a church to go to, even if it's online. Oh, my family doesn't love me. But you got to thank God that you have a family <laughs> Oh, my job is, 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 man, my job stresses me. I got to be struggling with traffic. Man, you got to praise God. You got traffic. My point is, whatever is broken, there is always something working. And here in a broken system, Jehoiada sees that there's a Jehoshabeth. There's a woman who is willing to be courageous enough to challenge the queen. And here it is. Watch this. Then... Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, Jehoram, watch this, the wife of Jehoiada the priest, because she was a sister of Ahaziah, did hit him from Atalia so that she did not put him to death. Watch this. Jehoiada says there's a Jehoshabeth. So I'm going to work with her. The way I'm going to work with her is I'm going to marry her. He says, we're going to partner up, Brother Nick. At least let me be close to somebody who has similar values and principles like me. Let me leverage what is working. And 
And that's what somebody needs to do today. Whatever is, is working in your system, in your situation, please get close to it. Commit to it. Work with it. Yeah? I got in an argument with my uncle the other day. It's not common for me to do that. But he did something I didn't like. And I texted him. I said, hey, uncle, um, what you said, what you did, I don't think was good. He didn't reply. Two weeks. My cousin texted me, Henry, why are you not talking to the family group? I said, hey, why should I talk when uncle doesn't want to talk? And he's the leader of the group. I've reached out to him. I've done my Christian duty, but he has not. He has not talked. But my cousin reached out to me. Say, Henry, let's talk. And I'm going to talk to uncle. So I said, it's cool. I told my cousin the whole story. And I said, please help me out because I don't know what to do. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The system is broken. My uncle doesn't want to talk to me. But my cousin has reached out. And I said, you know what? My cousin has reached out. Therefore, I'm going to work with my cousin. And we're going to make things happen. And he's going to help me come back to a better place with my uncle. And that's what somebody needs to do today. I know it's broken. I know it doesn't work. But can you please focus on what is working? Can you please leverage what is happening and use that to change the situation? Because God is not going to take you out of the job. He's not going to take you out of the marriage. He's not going to take you out of the family. God expects you to work it out in your context, in your situation. And God forbid that some of us, we give up too easy. We quit so fast. God is saying, work it. And Joy, I said, you know what? Hey, sister, let's get married. Sister, Let's build a family. Because if we're going to defeat Atalia, it's going to have to be because you and me are working together. Do you know why a socket and uh, electrical equipment work well together? Do you know why? They work well together because the socket provides electricity. And the electrical equipment is looking for electricity. And so because they are looking for the same thing, they are able to marry one another and to give you light, to give us uh, slides. And they are working together because they are after the same thing. Listen to me. This is a spiritual principle. If you want to succeed, find people that want the same thing. Find people that have the same, find people that believe, find people who say, you know what? I see how you see it. I get where you're coming from. I understand why you would decide that way. Sometimes he's amazed when he tells me something and then I just respond. He said, yeah, that's why I like working with you, Pastor Henry, because you get me sometimes. Now, please believe we don't always get each other. But at least in the main things, uh, we get each other. We believe in the, in, in, in the coming of Jesus. We believe that people can give their life to Jesus and, and be committed and connected to. We, we, we believe that we have to use our principles, our life to benefit other people. That's why it works. And some of us, we're not at peace in our situations because we don't want the same things. We don't see the world the same. Things are different. And, and watch this. Look at the two names. What do you notice that is the same in these two names? Sister Nita, what, what do you notice in these two names? Jeho, Jehoida, and Jeho. Their prefix is the, is the same. Jeho means 
God. In other words, they had a foundation in God. And therefore, because they had a foundation in God, they could fight Athalia. They could see things the same way. Life is going to be so much easier when you can build on the same foundation. When you and, and, and whoever, when you and your friends, when you and your family, when you and your church can see the world the same way. I'm not asking for uniformity. I'm not saying you got to dress the same way. I'm not saying you got to talk the same way. I'm not saying you got to eat the same way. But I'm simply saying, look at the world the same. Jehoiada, Jehoshabeth. And because Jehoiada had somebody he could lean on, he took courage. Listen to this. But in the seventh year, Jehoiada took courage and entered into a covenant with the, command, with the commanders of hundreds. Atalia ruled for six years. For six years she was, she was king. But the Bible says in the seventh year, Jehoiada took courage and uh, decided to stand up. Which means that for six years, Jehoiada was afraid. Are we together? If he takes courage in year number seven, it means that for six years, he's been afraid. He's been shaken. And because our liars don't claim perfection, they struggle. They have problems like everybody else. There are days when I don't want to get out of bed. Don't you have days like that? You don't want to get out of bed? Days when you don't want to pray. In fact, there are days when you don't feel like speaking to your, to your family. <laughs> when they call you in the morning, what? What do you want? Yeah, ladies. Moody. <laughs> so yeah, there'll be times when you will not want to pray. There'll be times when you're afraid. There'll be times when you're wondering, how am I going to make the money? There'll be times when you feel like, I, I want to give up on God. There'll be a season in your life where you, you are just not, it's not happening. You try everything. You talk to everybody. You go places, but it's just not happening. You exercise, the weight doesn't go up. You go on the keto, you, you, you try it, but the weight don't go. Because outliers are not perfect. There are bad days and bad seasons like everybody, everybody else. Now, here's what I discovered, Brother Johan. For six years, Jehoiada is afraid. And this is what I learned when I was looking at Revelation. Chapter 13, verse number 18. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is a number of a man, and his number is 666. Let me put it to you. The number six represents the number of man. For six years... Jehoiada has been de depending on his own strength. He's been depending on his own might. He's been depending on his own power. And because of that, that is why he is afraid. And the reason why you and me struggle is because we often depend on our own strength. Woo! It's because you believe I can handle it. Because you believe that I have it under control. And therefore, you can struggle for so long when God is saying, 
Look at me, son. Look at me, daughter. I can help you. But he said, no, Lord, I, I want this. I can handle this. I can do this. Never able to do it. For six years, he was afraid because he did not understand that God says, do not fear, sister Tessel. I got your back. Do not be afraid. I'm going to take care of you. And some of us, when problems come, we don't look to God first. We, we look at the problem. We, 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 we get fussy and we get stressed. When the agent took my money, man, I, I wondered, where am I going to live? I thought, <laughs> maybe I'm going to live under the bridge. I never felt like that. And, and somebody today, the person you love has said, I don't want to talk. And you, you start to create stories. Oh, okay, the relationship is over. Uh, uh, We're going to break up. They just said they don't want to talk. But because you are focused on your strength and on your power, <laughs> you're afraid. At the office, you got passed over the promotion. Start to think, man, I'll never, ever be anything. This company will never take me to places I need to go. I need to start looking for another job. Really? Just because you got passed over for a promotion? The kid disrespected you? You're not thinking, man, I'm going to send this kid to boot camp. I'm going to send him to uh, boarding school. Really? Because natural reaction is that we tend to depend on our own strength instead of looking at God's strength. But Jehoiada understood that if I'm going to fight this woman, I need to look at God. Because, watch this, the number seven, the number seven is always the number for God. That is why the Sabbath is the seventh day. That is why Revelation is built on the number seven. Because number seven says, I, I trust God. God will complete it. God will make it happen. God will make me victorious. And I need somebody to move from, from number six to number seven. Somebody to say, you know what, God? I'll no longer depend on me. I'll no longer look at me. But God, I'm going to look at you. And is there somebody this morning who is saying, God, I will no longer trust my money. I'll no longer trust my plans. I'll no longer trust my connections. Whoever is in my life, they're important. But God, you are number one. Is there anybody who is saying, God, the pills are not the ones who are keeping me alive. God, it's not my car that helps me to travel. No, it is you, God. Is there somebody who's saying, Pastor, no, no, no. I want to move from number six to number seven. And please understand, when you make that transition, things are going to change. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Outliers leverage God's power to level the playing field for them to succeed. The cancer is beating you up. Look at God. The money is tight. The money is short. Look at God. The health is failing. Look at God. The marriage is in trouble. Look at God. You don't know how you're going to make the KPI. Look at God. Because the moment you look at God, God levels a playing field. It allows you to play. And here it is, brother and sister. The reason why Jehoiada was able to, 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 to level the playing field because he, he gained insight. 
He gained knowledge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up on this. He gained insight. He gained knowledge. Watch this. But before I tell you that, let me, let, me, let me put it like this so that you can understand a little bit better. Somebody today is struggling to lose weight. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying anybody agree. <laughs> You're struggling. Ladies, uh, you ask your husband, how do I look? And he better not say fat because it's going to be a war. Gents, you want to fit in the suits. You know what I mean? You, you want to look good. You're trying everything. But the weight is not going off. So I, I was reading a book, and I'm reading a book. Pastor Sam, I sent it to you. <clears throat> it's called Eat Smarter by Sean Stevenson. And this is what he says in the, in the book. Listen to this, Sister Lydia. Watch this. He says, telling people just to burn off calories... Telling people to just burn off more calories than you're taking in is like it in is as incomplete as having Netflix without the chill. And, and that's so true. Some of you all count calories. You do the fasting programs. You are doing intermittent fasting. I'm not going to eat for 12 hours because <laughs> you want the weight to, to go. He's saying that's a bad approach. Because that's not the full story. Are calories important? It's true. But this is what I learned. You know when you consume 100 calories of, of a banana, you know that your body does not take all the 100 calories. It needs some of the calories to burn off those calories for your body to metabolize what you have ingested. Are you feeling what I'm saying? So thinking about calories, ladies and gentlemen, is not the full story. So can I free you today? Calories are not your problem. Amen, somebody? Amen, somebody? Stop stressing yourself on calories, y'all. This is what you need to understand. If you are going to unlock the fat cells in your system to let go of that extra fat, you need to understand the power of enzymes. What are enzymes? Enzymes are these, these things in your body, chemical reactions that work in your cellular uh, system that actually make things happen. And there are three critical ones you need to understand if you're going to lose weight. And the first one is hormone-sensitive lipase. The, third, the second one is mono glyceride lipase and the third one is adipose triglyceride lipase if you can unlock these enzymes you have started the journey of losing weight it's not the whole story my, my point is this it's important to gain knowledge before you attack it it's important to understand before you go at it and so so Jehoiada had to pause Why am I afraid? I am the priest. I am the one who coronated Athalia and put her on the throne. I represent God. I'm actually more powerful than I think I am. And so when Jehoiada looked at himself and he gained insight on himself, he got the right information and he could attack Athalia. Please understand, sometimes you, you, you gain new insight by simply remembering who you are. And somebody didn't need to remember who you are. 
You're not defined by your job. You're not defined by your family. You're not defined by the fact that you cheated. You're not defined by the fact that you, you didn't pay back. You're not defined by the fact that you are, you talk too much. No. You are defined by the fact that you're a child of God. Amen, somebody. And the moment you understand who you are, whose you are, then you're going to attack whatever it is that is in front of you. So Jehoiada says, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm a priest. And who is Athalia to rule and to lead without understanding, doing this way? I can do something about this situation. And if you want to change something in your, in your family, it will have to be because you have understood who you are. Let me, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. Watch this. You see, Jehoiada did not fight Athalia because he wanted to fight her. Jehoiada was fighting Athaliah for a specific reason. And notice what the text says. The musicians can come up. We are, we, are, we are almost there, landing the plane. But in the seventh year, Jehoiada took courage and entered into a covenant with the commanders of hundreds. Watch that. And they went through Judah and gathered the Levites from all the cities of Judah and the heads of fathers' houses of Israel, and they came to Jerusalem. And all the assembly made a covenant with the king in the house of God. And Jehoiada said to them, Behold, the king's son, let him reign as the Lord has spoken concerning the sons of David. Can you hear what Jehoiada is saying? Athalia is not the right queen, she's not the son of David. She is from Jezebel's line. On the throne, we need somebody who is connected to David. Joash is that person. She's not the right one. She's the wrong one. So Jehoiada is not fighting this queen because he wants to look like he's a revolutionary, but he's trying to do what's right. He's trying to make it right. You might say, Pastor, what's this big, what's the big story about the son of David being on the throne? What's the big deal about having a son of David? Let me show you the big deal. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. Because Jesus was the true king, the true fulfillment on the throne of David. So Elder Atza, Jehoiada was not fighting for Joash or David. He was fighting for Jesus. Because Jehoiada understood if Jesus sits on the throne, if Jesus sits on the throne, Sinners are going to be delivered. Did Jehoiada know that? I don't think so. In a moment he just thought, hey, let me preserve a king of David. But what he didn't see is that he was preserving the place for Jesus. 
What he didn't see is that he was, he was doing something great for God. So here it is, brother and sister. Outliers often find themselves in the minority because they marry God's plan. Jehoiada was in the minority. He, he was the only one, but he said, you know what? I'm committed to God's plan. I'm committed to what God is trying to do. I'm committed to God's business. And if nobody joins me, I will still follow. I will still go. I will still be committed. I will still give. I will still preach. I will still witness. I will still do it and do it even if nobody joins me because I want to fulfill God's plan. I want to do it for God. I want to do it for his will, his purpose. That's what God needs. God needs outliers. God needs outliers. Who will do it and go for it even if they're alone. Okay. You see, let me, let, me, let me reveal to you now. Jehoiada, you know what the name means? Known by God. Jehoiada died. But I'm sure when he died, he didn't know that he would be buried among kings. But because God knew him, he said, Jehoiada, I'm going to honor you. And put you among kings. You're going to be buried among the greats. You're going to be married above, uh, among the famous. And that's what I hope somebody understands today. God knows you. He sees you. He knows your story. He knows what you've been through. Don't worry if they don't give it to you. Don't worry if it doesn't come. God knows you. Amen, somebody? And if God knows you. You're going to be buried among kings. You're going to walk on high places of the earth. And perhaps it may never come in this life. Perhaps you might be die, you might die and be buried in Mentenpulo. Perhaps you might die and be buried in somewhere in Papua. But please know, when Jesus is going to come, your mortality, your flesh is going to put on immortality. And you're going to be caught up with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you're going to be with him in heaven. And you're going to celebrate and he's going to say, come and enter the joy of your, 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 your life. Come and enter the joy of your Lord. And is there somebody who's saying, Pastor, I want to be an outlier. I want to be an outlier. Come on now. I want to be an outlier. If you raise your hand, stand up. I want to be an outlier. I want to be known by God. A lot of times when we preach, we hope after preaching, you will make a decision to be committed to God and, and live by what you have heard. Pastor Samuel will do it differently right now. The series is not over yet. We've just started. But I'm going to challenge you to make the decision today. Forget what else we're going to preach about. But today I want you to make the decision. And if you're saying, Pastor, I'm really serious about being an outlier. I want to go to the next level. I really want to do this. I want you to come here. Right here in the front. Take a step of faith. 
Come on up here. We're going to pray on this. Come here. Come, come, come on up here. Don't, don't be shy. I will not bite you. Keep on your mask. But we want to be outliers. For real, for real. No more of this uh, regular stuff. somebody being an outlier means giving your life to Jesus Christ it, it needs to begin there you've never been baptized you've never committed your life in faith to Jesus today you can do that is there somebody who needs to commit their life to Jesus you've never done it You've never done it. To be an outlier means you are faithful to God. Faithful to Jesus. You've never done it. Anybody. I know sometimes we get shy because people are looking at us. It don't matter. Let's forget who's looking at you. As long as God is seeing you. Anybody who's saying, Pastor, I want to be an outlier for real, for real. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be baptized. I've never done it. Anybody. Perhaps you're shy. And we are kind enough to do it a little privately. So if you don't want to see anybody see you, see me after the service. Let's talk about it. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, I want to thank you because your word has been heard today. We want to be outliers. We don't want to be regulars anymore. We, we want to be buried among kings. We, we don't know... How that's going to happen. We are often passed over for promotions, recommendations never come. But Father, we don't care about that no more. We will be outliers for you. And in front of me there are brothers and sisters who have said, hey, I'm going to be an outlier for real, for real. Father, make them outliers because they, they want to be the real deal for you. Please, Lord, bless them. Please, Lord, strengthen them. This humbly pray in the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our King and our Maker. Amen. God bless you. I know God spoke to you. I know you want to respond. But you may not know how. You may not know when. Let me tell you the how. There's number on the screen. Reach out to us. And we're going to show you the next house. Let me tell you when. Right now. Right now. Don't delay. Today, if you hear your voice. Today. Today. Respond. Perhaps the Lord also has impacted you and you would like to give and partner with us in ministry. We have an account number on the screen. Kindly give. Whatever gift, whatever amount, trust me, we'll be more than grateful and happy for it. And it's going to help us to proclaim the love of Jesus. Until then, take care. God bless you.